culture and film fans to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I am yours, Daniel Posey, and coming across the internet, joining me as always, Drew Douglas. Why didn't you say coming across the multiverse? I should have. I'm just like... I think we we should almost redo that. No, you know what? In one of the in one of the uh, universes, you said it that way. We're just going to assume that. We I actually got it right in that multiverse, that universe, because it's very similar to Doctor Strange going and trying to find all of the different paths that actually work. And in all of the different universes, I messed up, but there's only one <laughs> where I get it right. And unfortunately, this is not the one. It's not that one. Do you think there's a universe where our podcast actually has listeners? I think that there is a reality where we're not on the cusp of cancellation because we're oh we've been we've just been cruising that wave. I don't even think that people know that we exist. That's why we haven't been canceled. They don't even know to cancel us at this point. We that, I'm okay with that, by the way. Like that's fine. I will say that I, I think after the most recent discussion of ambulance, where basically we had two discuss two podcasts where we went into that movie. Uh, it was sad that movie didn't perform very well, but um, I think at least we've got Michael Bay listening, so that's all that matters. That, I mean, that should be the only thing that matters. <laughs> well, I'm ready to get strange. Drew, are you ready to get strange? I'm always ready. Woo! That means we're diving into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We are going to do a little Loves Hates rundown for all of this. This entire film this is the second outing for the supreme sorcerer although that title has been stripped of doctor strange i would highly suggest that if you have not seen the first doctor strange or 27 of the other mcu movies you might be screwed that's a good question because my wife i was begging her to go so i didn't have to go by myself she didn't go so it was just me but the more i thought about it i was like one, you haven't seen Doctor Strange, you haven't seen WandaVision, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen Far From Home. You don't know what the multiverse is, though that can be explained in like a sentence. Sure. But I don't know if that this is necessarily a movie that you can go in. I feel like you need to see some of the other ones, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the weird thing. I went to see this movie, and it's been, I think, a few months after seeing Doctor Strange the first time. I saw part of it, and that's it. I've seen it technically one and a half times. I went and rewatched a Doctor Strange breakdown video while working today, and there were so many things that I had forgotten about. And for example, like in the first Doctor Strange where he gets killed over and over and over and over and he keeps coming back, I forgot about it. And so there are elements that I think you can forget But you need the base there. You need that knowledge of what's happened in the MCU, especially I feel like with WandaVision, if you don't know, like all of a sudden after Endgame, if that's say the last time that you've seen Wanda, then you're lost in terms of what the heck is she talking about? I mean, it could it you could draw some comparisons in terms of why she's getting there, because we have hints of that. But the overall factor of her being where she is, it's like, how the heck did we get here? And the kids and stuff. You really, it's almost like a prereq. Yeah. So there's a lot of watching, I think, that needs to happen before this. Um, so, I, yeah, the, the two things would be Doctor Strange, in-game, WandaVision. Uh, I'll say four things. 
WandaVision and then add No Way Home to that mix as well. We should also sound the spoiler alarm. We're actually recording one day after we saw the movie. Usually it's several days and it's kind of sunk in a little bit. It's it's fresh like a tomato. And we also I also have to point out as well that we're recording on your birthday. So once again, happy birthday, Drew. One step closer to death. Oh, or you're one, you're one step closer to uh, being able to uh, enter into another reality, another universe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? You mean like the afterlife? Uh, well, that too, but I was going to say uh, part of the multiverse where you oh. step into another universe. I mean, that w- I, I'm all for it. Now, I got I to gotta ask myself, was a lot of, for whatever reason, my birthday weekend has a lot. Of, it's always like an MCU movie that comes out on my birthday or just a little before or a little after. And I'm trying to think if this one is a birthday treat or not. Oh. So we can do, we can do a little loves hates here. We're going to talk about... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, movie number 28 in the MCU. Did you ever think when Iron Man came out in 2008, or even Iron Man 2, <laughs> that at some point we were going to have 28 of these friggin' movies? Never. And I'm being serious, never. I, I thought that we would have a few, but like five to six, seven, something like that. It's like friggin' Friday the 13th. Maybe we get up to 10, but that would be lucky. And now we're almost hitting 30. That's unbelievable. Yeah, we'll hit 30 this year, which is truly insane. Did you want to do, you want to start with a little loves, hates action? Yeah. Um, so overall, I, I'm really curious to see where this fits in the MCU for you. But I'm going to say straight up with this, I had a ton of fun with this movie. I have to say I loved this. What? Uh, so you, you wa- when you walked out of this movie theater... <laughs> this movie theater. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording in a theater right now. When you walked out of seeing mul- the multiverse of madness, what were you thinking to yourself? How did you feel? You felt, I love this movie. No, I wouldn't say I love it. I liked it. And here's the reason why. This is, to me, it felt, and, and, I, and I told my girlfriend this, and, um, I said, this to me, because we keep hearing this over and over and over. We let the directors be themselves and yada, yada, yada. This is the first time for me, this, any MCU movie has felt like a director directing an MCU movie and not the MCU allowing the director to direct a Marvel movie. Um, Meaning that we get what seems to be a Sam Raimi movie. This seems like Drag Me to Hell, the sequel. Um, mm, yeah, and I mean, so many shots, the pacing, which there are problems there. Um, and, and granted overall, there are problems I have with this movie, but, um, overall, I'd say two thirds to m- maybe four fifths of the movie. I really enjoyed. Um, I think there are plot issues as well. Uh, and then a few character problems, but I would say overall, I high liked this. But will it fit in the top tier of MCU? I'd say yes, but I'm not. Oh, wow. I'm not going to say that it's like in the t- in my top three or top five. But I would I would say it's up there, and that's my immediate reaction after walking out of the theater. I mean, I thought for the most part it really felt like a Raimi film, too. I think that especially the back half. Oh yeah, it definitely feels like they let him loose um, within the confines of the MCU. Sure. 
I think the only other filmmaker that's been able to dis- really kind of stamp their feel on an MCU film is Shane Black with Iron Man 3. Yeah. Mainly because it's so dialogue-driven. Mm-hmm. I walked out mostly satisfied, but I thought, this is not going to be one of my favorite Marvel cinematic films. This is mid to low tier, just like the first one. Something about this character, just, I don't, I'm not falling in love with him. Interesting. Feels a bit like a replacement for Tony Stark. There's something about him that I can't, like, I don't dislike Doctor Strange. I don't dislike necessarily what Cumberbatch is doing. It's just, I find this whole, his stories just to be kind of uninteresting. Hmm. Well, one one thing too, on top of that, I text my sister and she hasn't seen this yet and she will be seeing it next week. And I said, I really like this movie and appreciated it for the horror elements. I want to know what the average moviegoer who's not that much into horror, what they'll think about it. What, what's a good name for him? A deadhead. A deadhead, yeah. <laughs> I, I, You bring up Drag Me to Hell. There's so many moments in this movie that I was like, that feels like Army of Darkness. Yeah. That feels like Evil Dead. This whole arc with Wanda um, feels like Drag Me to Hell, the way it's shot in the house mm-hmm. and it gets creepy. I loved all that. I, I mean, I'm glad they let Sam be Sam. I, I I loved it for those elements, for that reason. And like my girlfriend hates horror and she doesn't under, she thinks that I'm uh, a psychopath for liking horror movies. Uh, she just can't wrap her head around that. And I love it. I love, especially a movie like this. Go, to me, that's bold, taking a direction like this because you risk isolating or, or rather um, detracting major fans, especially families, because there is a lot of eerie and, and spooky scenes. Nothing I would say is scary, but just eerie. And it's like, ooh, you know, that's, it's very Raimi-esque. His visual element and what he brings to this is the saving grace for me. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think the plot, and there are a lot of things that it needs work but overall, here's the other thing. I do like Doctor Strange. I did not, however, like him a ton after seeing the first Doctor. Like, I liked the first Doctor Strange. I enjoyed it. But I did, at that moment, too, I thought they're trying to re- kind of add another Tony Stark. That's how it felt. I don't think that anymore. I thought that early on, but I haven't felt that way in a while. So, uh, But I, I could c- completely understand why you would feel that way. So this Doctor Strange 2016, is that when the first one came out? Sue, yes. Oh my goodness. Do you think, which which one is a better movie? This one. You think this is Just better? because it's Raimi. I think so. I, th- I think I'd be more apt to, to re-watch this one. And I, overall, I think that the first Doctor Strange has more of an appeal to the general audience. It is trippy but it attracts the general audience. This one goes, it, it, it allows us to go deeper down that rabbit hole of visual. At times it could be overwhelming, but to me, that's like, I got to see it again because of those reasons. I want to see, I'm going to be able to pick apart some of those scenes and bask in that a little bit more. So Love's Hates on the overall story, which kind of expands on the big things that happened in Spider-Man No Way Home. This time the story focuses on Doctor Strange squaring off against the Scarlet Witch, who is trying to steal the powers of a teen 
who's capable of traveling between universes. This is where, for me, it gets in the muddy water because I lean more towards hates on the story, although I'm giving it a pass. So um, just to balance it out, I'm going to actually say hates on the story because um, even though I enjoyed Doctor, St- Doctor Strange squaring off against the Scarlet Witch and Wanda has completely given herself over to the Darkhold, um, it needed more explaining. I think somewhere in the script, there could have been a great story. Right now, it's mediocre to good. I think there's something there that if they worked on a little bit more, they could have had more meat, more story, uh, f- more flushed out characters from Doctor Strange to Scarlet Witch to more Wanda, who's actually more developed, um, especially some of the supporting cast. Although it, I enjoyed seeing Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer in the role that she was. Still, she could have had a little bit more to do um, and more of an impact. And some of the lines, I think, could have been written to perf- uh, be to deliver better. Uh, they could have been executed. I think the acting's fine, but it just it needs a little bit more. Um, the other thing I would say is it's too short. They tried to cram too much in, and sometimes it felt like we were hitting rewind, and it was just flying by. And then the other thing is I do think that some of the rules they established um, early on are broken, or at least they're not reapproached. And an example by that is whenever I think when Raimi's using moments like Wanda going through the reflections of the water early on and she's attacking them, um, we see her like dis, like disfigured and she's breaking through. We never have seen that before and we never see it again. So some of these rules are kind of loose. Once again, trying to define things a little bit more and stick to that. I do like that, that they're trying something different. I like that the story is kind of simple. I mean, it is a very simple story. I think my main issue uh, is that we're introduced to this new character, America Chavez. I literally could care less about this person. <laughs> so the person at the center of this movie is someone I don't care about. That's probably the biggest issue I have with this story. Though I will say, I've never been a huge Wanda fan, and I thought she was pretty badass in this. I've never been a huge Wanda fan up until like maybe Infinity War or Endgame, and I started liking her. And then from that point, I've been on the Wanda train. Like, I I really like her. I love how they've brought her around and they've made her such a vital part of the MCU. And I do like the the thing with her. The, the whole point of this is she just, she wants her kids. I was going to say, I do, I, I love that aspect of the are you happy and the symbolism of she's wanting happiness and peace, but she's doing everything to get it, meaning she's breaking the rules of happiness and peace. You know, she's killing people. She's wreaking havoc and strange at the same time, even though he's seeming peaceful, he's not at peace with himself. So it's like the contrast of those two characters and the symbolism that they represent. That's something I really appreciate about the story. Now, like I said, I wasn't huge on America Chavez. Loves, hates. I'm going to give her a hates. And it's not, it's not the performance uh, maybe I was just, maybe I just need to rewatch it, but did you loves hates on that character? I'll say loves, but I want more of her because there's not a, once again, this is a Dr. Strange, truly it's like a Dr. Strange and Wanda film and America seems to be thrown in there as not necessarily an afterthought, but 
Um, it also made me realize Doctor Strange kind of like he, he's become this pseudo babysitter of the MCU. He's got a babysit Spider-Man. He's got a babysit America. Who's he going to babysit next? Well, that's that's how I kind of the feeling of he is the new Tony Stark in some ways. Yeah, and it, it does seem as if they're kind of going that direction. Uh, but America, though, I want to see more of her. And this was a very interesting way to introduce her to the MCU. But I'll say loves for her because I liked her. But I don't I don't really have anything negative to say. We kind of learn a little backstory, but I never really felt like I got to know her very much because even though she's in it, she's pushed to the side a lot. And she really feels like they just snapped, snagged her out of the comic universe because they needed a way for Strange to go within the multiverse. Honestly, here's the thing that I'm going to have to say hates on because once again, taking that segue from uh, Chavez, I have to say I'm surprised that they ended up bringing her in when they easily could have carried that over from Spider-Man No Way Home and the rips that have occurred due to Doctor Strange trying, trying to fix what happened in No Way Home I'm surprised they didn't dive into that more. Like we have part of that here, like hints of it. I feel like they barely even mentioned No Way Home. Yeah, exactly. So I was so surprised how they just kind of, it it really did feel like they overlooked that element. And I thought we would end up dealing with some unraveling, somewhat of like a Stephen King Dark Tower book or part of that series where when something happens to that magnitude, there's a little bit that starts to unravel in our life, in our universe or multiverse. So with that being the case, that would have been cool to see that. And I am I feel like it was kind of a missed op- opportunity for them to do that and then bring in America after the fact where she's jumping or you could bring her in at the end of this and she's going from universe to universe. And then that's how you incorporate her where he's trying to fix this. And then he meets her along the way. Once again, I think it boils down to the story. Somewhere deep down, it, there's a better way to approach this and present the character and the multiverse issue. That's one of the main reasons why I dislike how they've set it up. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily huge on it either. We get a really cool sequence where um, Chavez and Strange are just like blasting through different universes. And we're getting really quick glimpses of what could be. One, they're like paint. <laughs> One's like a cartoon. Yeah. And that all looks super awesome and super cool. But we end up in some New York, which doesn't, it looks a little futuristic. And it, for whatever reason, has like floral <laughs> flowers <laughs> growing on buildings. And then it's, we're all like in a building for the rest of it. I'm like, yeah. I feel like it was not necessarily hyped up, but I had expectations that we were going to be spending time in multiple multiverse or universes. And we ended up in one that's not necessarily that visually engaging. The weirdest thing about it is food is free and you go on red. And I was (laughs) like, it feels like a missed opportunity to do something super cool visually, make something really like, let's go wacky. Let's Mm -hmm. make Tony Stark president of the United States in this version. You don't have to literally have them in there, have it on a billboard or something. Right. Like, let's go wild. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, You kind of mentioned Rachel McAdams. She plays a slightly different role than she did in 2016 because she's a different version of Christine Palmer for most of this movie. Did you love, hates the supporting cast, especially her? I'll say I loves her, but 
once again, we needed to flush out her character a little bit more. I, I, I think there's a story there too with her and Strange where there's more back and forth I'd like to see. Um, and I also have to say that I liked Wanda in this, but once again, it seemed like she was just 100% bad and there was not as much of a struggle in the very beginning of this that we got in WandaVision. And I was hoping that we would deal with some of that in the very beginning. It's just like, she's totally evil and she's going around killing everyone. So she's, I guess she's completely bad at this point. Um, I don't know. So those are the two things I have to say for the supporting cast. If this is the end of Wanda's story arc, are you loves hates? I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Um, I'll say hates because I want to see more of her. And Carrie, like, I want to see where she goes from here and how do you deal with not only grief, but once you once you do something bad, can you turn around? Are people going to forgive you? I think there's something through that, especially as a superhero, can you build their trust back? I think there's something very interesting there to explore. So, yes, I definitely want to see her. And she's not dead. She's totally not dead. I'm a little indifferent on that character. I liked her in this. If I never saw her again, I'd be okay. But there's no way on earth she's actually dead. One of the most enticing elements of this movie has to be the cameos. Now, in this version, we're introduced to the Illuminati, which consists of Black Bolt, of the Inhumans, Captain Carter, Captain Marvel, who is Maria Rambeau in this version, Professor X of the X-Men and Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic, played by John Krasinski, who people have been campaigning for for years and years and years. Loves, hates the cameos. I'll say loves, uh, but at this point, I was dialing back my expectations of the cameos. I think if you're going to expect a lot and you're going to expect literally a multiverse of madness of cameos, like Tom Cruise and several others, you're going to be let down. Yeah, it's hard not to be let down. And I agree. Like, I was outside of Reed Richards, who's the one character that I, the one thing from this movie that I've been thinking about the most. I like, I don't care about any of these other cameos. Even Professor X? My issue with Professor, are we ever going to move on from Patrick Stewart? No offense to Patrick, (laughs) Patrick Stewart. He's iconic as Charles Xavier. But are we not moving on from those Marvel movies? Why Why are we not moving on? It drives... Oh, one thing, too. They ruined that in a preview. Why would you show that? Yeah. So dumb. One of the stupidest things they've ever done. Whoever's responsible for that should be <laughs> banned from making marketing material. Because that would have been somewhat shocking. Because, mm-hmm. well, not shocking, but I, I would have been more surprised and probably... A little more satisfied. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when because Reed Richards for me, I did not know this, but John popping up, I'm like been a fan favorite for so long. But I was like squirming in my seat. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. I hope they don't drop the ball. And this was just a fan service thing to get people hyped up and finally get to see him in this role. And then when they actually do the Fantastic Four, it's not John Krasinski. So that would be a huge missed opportunity, which is at the moment up in the air. Maybe when more people have seen this movie and that's kind of widely known, they'll announce that he's part of the cast, maybe even directing the movie. And that would make me love this even more. Uh, Black Bolt can blow. Don't care (laughs) about that. 
don't care about the inhuman show. I know this is a slightly altered version, but that show is garbage. <laughs> and it was so bad that they literally created it to be part of the MCU and then realized how bad it was and said Ignored no, we it. do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Captain Captain Carter was cool. Uh, it was cool to see that in what if. Um Captain Marvel, don't care. I don't care. I I I thought the Illuminati and the setup and all this was great, but Wanda literally as I text you, obliterated them, literally killed them all. And so like such short time, I'm like, all right, wow, well, she's the most powerful Avenger now. I, I do like that because I'm watching this going, oh my gosh, we're going to see some stupid team up for the rat, the, the back half of this. And then uh, thankfully Black Bolt gets his head blown off or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I get what they're going to do. Now it's just like, who's going to go next? And then uh, Mr. Fantastic turns into spaghetti or something. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, they they honestly should have had at least one other big person from like the past MCU or yeah, someone, even like uh, someone who almost made it uh, as one of the main cast, like Tom Cruise. That would have been awesome. As Iron Man. But even then, it's yeah. just, is it confusing? <laughs> Because some of these characters, like all the Stephen Strange look like Benedict Cumberbatch. And then we have Spider-Man that look like different people. And I did, what, what are we, is it just we're just having our cake and eating it too? Is that what they're doing? I think that's it. It's got to be it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, the cameos in this sucked outside of Rick <sighs> Richards. The only way they could have made that scene better is if, and I don't know how you do it within the confines of that Illuminati scene, but... We're introduced to Krasinski as Reed, and then we meet his wife, and then Ben and Johnny Storm, and maybe even his kids. The kids would be hard, though, because they got to grow up. But how dope would that have been? Yeah, that, I, I was waiting on something like that, to be honest. So, loves, hates. We have two end credit scenes. One is serious, one is not. I guess you could argue both are super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the first end credit scene, which... Introduce, introduces us to, uh, I suppose, another huge cameo, though if you have no idea what's going on, you're going to have to look it up. And it's Charlize Theron as Clea, I guess is her name. For myself, I had no clue who it was. And I'm like, okay, like, is this supposed to be, am I supposed to know who this is? But after researching the, like who she is, I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. Yeah, I count count me on board. And I love the fact that it's played by uh, Charlize because I love her. She's a great actress. And it's so cool that we're getting to see her in most likely a prominent role. So that's really exciting. But in the moment, not knowing, like, uh, I mean, I guess I got some research to do. The like final, final post credit scene was so ignorant and dumb, but... <laughs> It's good. It's a good payoff. Yeah, because it's Bruce Campbell. And at the same time, we get an Evil Dead call out or callback. And it was it's fun. It's funny. Like if you're staying around hoping for some like something super inspiring or projecting the story forward, you're gonna be mad. It also that got the most audience reaction of the entire movie. And I'm not exaggerating. People were relatively quiet. But when that happened, they ate it up. They were laughing and they're like, oh, that's so funny. That's so great. 
And they were like, they quoted him too. We we had a good reaction too. One guy li- literally was like, that is one of the best end credit scene they've ever done. <laughs> I enjoyed it because again, it's a good payback to what we, we've been, or payoff to what we had been seeing. Uh, it's Bruce being Bruce and it just feels like Sam Raimi. The first <laughs> yeah. one, like you said, I was like, I don't know what's going on. And it got me thinking, they need to like, when they release this movie in theaters, they need to have screenings and it's like, and I love all this stuff too, so don't be offended when I say this, but they need like a non-nerd version. And it's like basically pop-up video. Yeah. Where you see the little pop thing and it's like, this is who she is. Uh, she's like the niece of Dormammu or whatever she is. <laughs> yeah. And see everything's connected. And in that way, uh, I can walk away feeling like I understood what I had just watched. That's a cool, I like that idea. I've never thought of it that way, but I like that. I didn't, I don't like that first sequence, that first end credit scene. One, because the ending, I feel like it undermines the ending of the multiverse of madness. We have him walking down the street. Yeah. The third eye appears and he like loses his mind and it ends. And then within two minutes, he's happily walking down the street again and seems to have controlled it and or embraced <laughs> it. I don't like that. Why would you yeah. why would you end it only to rectify it two minutes later? Yeah, true. Very true. Um, it was so strange. Uh, yeah, that that was the one thing that kind of took it took me out of it because once again, they should have rewritten that. I understand supposed credits, but rewrite that. Like get it, get somehow fix it. They just needed to fix it. We like to talk about our crowd, our audience. I went at 5.30 in the afternoon. It was freaking packed. Like, it was packed. My crowd, we No Way Home is like the Mount Rushmore. I don't, again, I don't think I'll ever go to a theater that had that great of an audience reaction. It was such a gr- good time that I haven't rewatched that movie, and I am always tempted to not rewatch it because... It can't live up to that first time. This was like the complete polar opposite. There was really, there was, it was a quiet crowd. It was a weirdly quiet crowd. Uh, I don't know if that meant that they were just super into it or they felt they couldn't clap. That's so funny because that was the exact same experience I had. And it was almost too scary that it, it was that quiet, you know, like, uh, yeah. You're well, like, I don't know how they're taking this movie. Yeah. And I was like, so either they hate it or they're just like really into it. Like you said, because I will say my theater was one of the larger theaters, not the largest theater um, or largest auditorium in the theater, but it, it's one of the large ones. It was like maybe I would say um, a third filled. Um, so it wasn't. It was not half, but it was mainly younger, I would say mostly college kids. And they were quiet the entire time, like didn't say a whole lot. There wasn't a lot of commentary before, during, or after. And the most reaction that the entire movie got was for the final end credits. You had them talking after the fact laughing about that, but not talking about Charlize Theron, not speculating about who she is, not speculating about the movie and what it means for Doctor Strange now growing this third eye or what's going to happen with Wanda. Nothing. There was none of that walking out of the movie. And during the cameos, no one really reacted. But whenever we get uh, 
uh, Pizza Poppy, who's played by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I've clapped. Oh. I clapped. I'm like, yeah. And that got me into it. And especially, especially whenever he's like, I'm Pizza Poppy. It just made me laugh. It was so funny. Um, and I probably had the lo- loudest reaction. And even then, I feel like it's muted compared to the Spider-Man OA home reactions. When, when people were like literally stomping on their seats. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's a bad sign when you show Black Bolt on screen, no one cares. Mm-hmm. You have Captain Carter, which I think got some reaction because uh, people know who Peggy Carter is. Captain Marvel was silent. And then R- Professor, I don't know. No one really went wild for Professor X. They probably felt the way I do. Why move on from this guy? Find someone else. So for that, when we get Reed Richards and he zaps on screen, um, so like Captain Marvel would say, all of them were like Black Bolt muted. Captain Carl Carter was like not really. No one really responded. Uh, but it was weird the way they shot it. They kept wanting a reaction with Captain Carter. Did did you feel that way? Yeah, and they did that. The whole setup is just like, oh, who's next? Yeah, exactly. Who's next? And, and then Captain Marvel, uh, we get to Captain Marvel, and once again, like the the crowd not didn't really do a whole lot. And then we get Reed Richards, and then there is a little bit of uh, like people moved a little bit, like ooh, and like I saw a few heads turn, but it was that was it. And then Professor X gets there, and then there was like more of an audible reaction, but once again, not much. I seriously think I had more of a reaction with Bruce Campbell coming on screen than the entire theater had with any of these cameos. Mm-hmm. Now, if you Google, I it's curiosity I got on YouTube and I, I just searched Reed Richards and it automatically starts showing Reed Richards, Doctor Strange 2. And I was like, okay, I'll click on it. And the, the scene is like already online. And in those versions, <laughs> in those auditoriums that it was recorded, people are losing their crap. So maybe we just got subdued crowds i don't know maybe if we went to the seven o'clock screening and it was a little fuller people would have been losing their minds i just think most of these cameos aren't going to get widespread you know applause yeah and that that makes me want to rewatch this movie because i want to see what other audiences will say and how they'll react but also i want to rewatch this movie because i had a lot of fun with it and there are a lot of things i want to see again and just kind of pick apart and try to uh, just relive that because I think there's something to relive there. But overall, I was very surprised the audience was responding in such a quiet way. And that probably was the most surprising part of this movie, <laughs> to be honest. Out of the, this is this is mid to low tier for me at the moment. MCU. I liked it. I didn't love it. How many pizza poppies are you going to give this movie? Pizza po- pizza poppy punches. Oh, man, that's tough. That's that was his name, right? Uh, pizza poppy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to say, even though I say this is like high tier because of the horror elements, I still had to recognize there are problems with the movie, and I'm I'm going to say three and a half mm. out this, of five. This is a. Um... A, a a light three, two and a half to three. I'll give it a three because I do like the I like that Raimi got to be Raimi. Now speaking of Raimi being Raimi, I found this. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but it made me laugh and I've saved it. And I didn't tell you this earlier, but IGN had something and it was really funny. 
Uh, and it was Sam Raimi talking about his friendship with Bruce Campbell. And this, this is his quote, according to the Associated Press. I call Bruce and I say, quote unquote, hey, baby. <laughs> he says, what is it now? And I say, I got another movie for you now. And Bruce says, when does it start? And isn't that fun? Like, I love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so, like, there's not much to the quote, but I just love the fact that he calls him. He's like, hey, baby. <laughs> now, one question. Where was Ted Raimi? I know. I is he in this movie? Is he like in a deleted scene or something? What's going on? He had uh, he. What's going on? Yeah, that was a. I, I literally left and was like, I didn't see his brother in there. Right. Yeah. That's that's honestly how I felt too because he. It was one of those situations that I kept waiting. I kept waiting to see something, and then there, there's nothing uh, that's revealed, and I felt like that was such a letdown. Um, because it's, it's not on his filmography. Yeah. Maybe he, I'm, I'm hoping that he's like a CGI character or something like that. Mm, doesn't appear. So we got Thor coming up. Did you get the, did you get the trailer for Thor? We did. Did you watch it? Did you watch any of the previews? Uh, I did not. I skipped them, but I, we did. I know that we got one uh, because no joke. I walked out of the theater when we got Nope. I'm being yeah. serious. I I got <laughs> up, I left everything there, and I and, and now and so you'll like this. I did not tell you this, but apparently they had crews monitoring, and I had a jacket there because it was raining. A lady met me outside. I was walking in, and she worked there, and she's like, "Is this your jacket?" And I'm like, "Yes. Why are you taking <laughs> my stuff?" And then uh, I think she was just making sure that no one was like, you know, doing anything suspicious. But then. Um, or they think you're going to like record the movie or something? I guess. But so I walk out whenever Nope starts. And I, whenever it, and it was funny because the first word uttered out of my mouth whenever it came on, because I knew the first time I saw it, I saw Kiki Palmer. I'm like, all right, I know what this is. But then whenever I, uh, whenever it starts, because I knew it, my, the first word uttered out of my mouth is Nope. And I stand up and walk out. Um, and then I I knew there's a Thor, but whenever I come back in, it was a final trailer, and it was Avatar two, mm. and, and so that's actually a good way to kind of wrap this up because I want to know what did you think about the first look at this movie that has been in the making for what fifty five years? <laughs> they started shooting this no joke like four years ago. My th first thought was, oh, that looks kind of fun, and I, I was like, they've been allegedly waiting on technology to catch up to make this movie. And I'm like, that's what it looks like. It looks like the first one. Yep, exactly. I'm, I'm surprised. I, I want to know, like, I want to see a behind the scenes vignette. That's what they should have done. They should have released not a traditional trailer, but freaking James Cameron talking about not necessarily why it's taken so long, but what makes this different from the first movie mm -hmm. in terms of the special effects, this, uh, nah, maybe the story, but uh, more along the lines yeah, of it, it, the tech aspects, because yes, he critiqued Aquaman because he said the underwater thing was not realistic enough. So they <laughs> have developed something to literally shoot the bulk of this movie underwater. Apparently, uh, I just want to know because it it looked basically the same to me. Yeah, but I I'm kind of getting that it it's to rewatch James Cameron. He's got such a weird career. He has. 
these amazing movies and then he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done a normal movie, normal outside of Avatar since 1997. Think about that. <laughs> he did Titanic in 97. Yeah. And then he did two documentaries and then eventually did Avatar. And that came out in 2009. He hasn't done a movie since because he's been working on these, uh, the these he's allegedly doing at least two more because that's what was shot. Allegedly doing two more after that. So he's fully in the Avatar world. He hasn't done a normal movie since 1997. That is insane to me. It is. Weird yeah. filmography, but it's a fantastic filmography. I th- I mean, I think it's almost... Does anybody care about Avatar? This comes out. It does okay money. They already have the third one locked in terms of shooting. It's going to come out in 2023. I just don't know if those are going to do well. It's hard for me to believe that it was not a flash in the pan. You know? That it's not a moment in time that was successful and it's a one and done. We'll find out soon enough, but I can tell you I don't care. Yeah, I'm I'm interested because of how long it's taken, the alleged tech that they needed to make this, and then the fact that it's James Cameron. I wasn't blown away by the first one, but I will say I liked it better the second time we did a podcast on that one. That's true. Mm-hmm. But oh, it's just weird to think that the back half of James Cameron's career, because he's not getting any younger. He's <laughs> Let's look up how old he is. I mean, it's possible not, he might not make another movie outside of these. Outside he's 67 of, right now. Wow. I don't I don't know. Will he ever make a, a normal blockbuster again outside of I don't think so. something in Pandora? I mean, that's just, it's wild. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's so wild. But it does kind of bum me out to think that the, the last piece of his career is going to be just nothing but Avatar films. Yeah, dedicated to this. It almost seems like he's trying to create his own Star Wars universe, you know? Um, And I say that I don't care, but like you said, all those reasons that you pointed out, I do care for that. I want to see the technology, like what he's been amping up. But then also beyond that, it's James Cameron. Like he's, you could call him a godfather of breaking barriers for technological advances in filmmaking. I think he's like, He's at the forefront of it. But at the same time, I just like the story and uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I find a hard time, a very hard time wanting to see this movie. Like say if I see a trailer for, or I know that Jordan Peele's working on a new movie, better yet say Johnny C our favorite John Carpenter announces. I don't care. It could be him recording a talking turd for an hour and a half, I'd watch it and I'd love it. But the thing is, he's just like interviewing with a microphone. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, just what said, you, well, "Like, why are you so smelly today? What's going on with you?" He's like, uh, "Well, you know what? So long as I get royalty checks." But um, the thing is, like, John, James Cameron's close to that. Where any what he creates, I will see. Like, I want to see. He's, yeah, he's you, tr- you got to see it. He's truly, he's truly a magnificent filmmaker. So there's a funny quote from Sam Worthington who is the main character in Avatar. He's in these sequels. And he he said, when I did the first one, I was 30. He's now 45. When I did this one, when I did the first one, I was 30. And when the second one comes out, I'm going to be pushing 50. 
In the first one, I was in a wheelchair, you know. And by the time we get to the fourth and fifth, I might actually be in a wheelchair by the time we get to do it. Oh my gosh. So who freaking knows? <laughs> I mean, these things are, they're slated to come out in 2024, 2026, and 2028. So I think the third one is 2024. Isn't that truly yeah. insane? Yeah, it is. It's just, it's, that's where it's just hard for me to believe or like, I know this, it, it's going to go this direction, but I'm just surprised in terms of like us getting the avatars and it's going to be the end of Cameron's career. He's going out with this. All I can say is I hope he's got one magnificent outline to go along with this and not just for one movie, but we're going to see this carry through for so many of these other films. But I don't know. I just, and that, that was the other funny thing, like the audience before they, they were, kind of muffled in terms of talking during the avatar avatar trailer like i don't know if they were excited for it and they were talking about it or they're talking about other things it was one of those things that it's like hyped up and then you're like oh that's that's what we what we've been waiting for but we'll find out in december <laughs> all right well next time we're going to talk about the summer blockbuster season and we're going to rank some movies because because we got to rank things. That's just what people do. We're, we're like John Cusack in the movie High Fidelity. We love lists. There's going to be a couple surprises, I think, on my list. There's a few non-blockbuster movies that are, I would say, in my top three at the moment. Loves. Cannot wait. All right. Well, that was fun. I, I do I do think it was, uh, it was a good time at the movies. And we're going to have more good times at the movies ahead with the summer movie list that we've got for you next. So until next time, keep watching.